0: All right. All those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you make your way forward to go down with your teacher. And those who are ages three, four, and five, uh, you'll make your way to the back so you can follow your teacher there this morning. All right. So, majority of these guys went to school this week. Is that right? I think Chapman's starting this week. So, yeah, we're praying you guys up. Good to see you. I, are you encouraged by the number of young ones? Anybody? Are, are you seeing this? <laughs> and this is a good group. This is a good group of kids. We'll see you guys later. I got to say, I love Tuesdays when the homeschool groups meet here, and it's been rather noisy. Not, not to say... I, I could study. I'm I'm fine, but but I've enjoyed the kids coming and, and uh, seeing them arriving and, and man, just I, I love the sound of kids. Uh, I should preface that with for a while. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to have peace and quiet too. I, I must admit that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last week we sang a song that, that I just love the verse of it. He said, uh, uh, "You're you're good." Uh, God, God, you're good, and that's who you are. Who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. I remember singing that. Uh, we we've, we've sung it from time to time, and I, I really just love. Just give me the chorus. I'll sing it. I, I don't. I never focus too much on on the uh, the verses, but man, that chorus to say that God is good is right. That that that's who God is. It 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 defines Him. We call a lot of things good. But when we call God good, he is holy, he is righteous, and, and what he does is perfect. So when we describe him as good in that song, that exactly defines who God is. And God's love defines us. It, 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 his love defines us. So when we ask the question in this series, what's love got to do with it? I, I think I've said it all throughout the summer, it has everything to do with it. It has everything. What God has done for us is is making us. It has made us. It continues to make us who we are. It defines who we are as a people. Now, last Sunday, just to to remind you of of where we've been, uh, we were in First John chapter two, and and uh, waited through what what John laid out. Just say Amen. There's some measurements he lays out here uh, to to identify you know us as God's people and, and in that that verse 3 it said it basically said we know God we know God and those who who live in obedience we're the ones who know God anyone who's who who says they know God but but they they don't follow in obedience they really don't know God they man John said it pretty hard you're liars you're liars he goes on to say those who follow after, uh, those who really truly know God, man, we're also looking to Jesus to imitate him. We're looking to imitate Jesus in our lives and, and also towards the end, it, it spoke about that we are a people who love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's, it, it, it is absolutely about obedience, about imitating Jesus and loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. That was, that was last week what we looked at. And, and, and this week, uh, I want us to look forward because uh, that, that was a little heavy, but what he follows in this passage, we're actually just going to pick up where we left off last week with verse 12 and go through verse 17. We're about to read that if you want to open your scriptures or it will be up here. Uh, I, I want you to listen carefully what what's being said. Matter of fact, John just addresses, he, he, he just doesn't. Doesn't say, hey, church, or anything like that. He addresses in this way. He calls, he calls the church children, which we're aware of. I mean, that's, that's familiar, but he say, he, he'll address children, he'll address fathers, and he'll address young men. Okay, he, he's not leaving out you ladies, okay? When we're reading this, okay, when you see this, uh, he is addressing the entire church and what he's about to say. And, and there's there's a repeat he goes through children, fathers, uh, young men and then he goes back to children, fathers, young men and and many of the things he says the first time he repeats but he also adds in the second so so in in the first few verses listen carefully to that and then it ends up with a warning but I I, I tell you what, I think this is a great place to end this series of what's love got to do with it. It has everything to do with it, and I think it's, it's especially addressed in, in what God has done for us and the encouragement we have in our lives. So listen carefully. Here's what John says, beginning verse 12. He says, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Again, I, he is addressing the entire church. And I think it's more, more like this. We're all his children, first of all. And when it mentions fathers, it, it, it once encompasses, uh, John, John's wanting to encompass everyone. Uh, those who are older, those maybe older in the faith, or, or, the faith or, or maybe those who are just older in age, as well as the younger. He's, he's encompassing. Uh, each one of us in this. And, and what John overall says is, is concerning that love of God, that God's children live within his love. That's who we are. That's who we are. Uh, because of his goodness, because of what he has done and created for us, he has absolutely defined his people. It's, it's who we are according to, to how he has loved us, and he's done that well. He has done that well. Uh, I want to go through some specifics this morning. Specifics of living within God's love. What that looks like. It's laid out here in this this repetition of the two groups. The children, the fathers, and the the young men. Uh, And first of all, it it starts with the very simplicity of what we have. And that's forgiveness. God's children receive forgiveness for sins. We receive forgiveness of of sins. There is... There's a significance. I mean, we have this opportunity to worship God, that's why we gather together. But there is also the significance that we have received forgiveness of, of our sinfulness. Let, let's just go back. We're in trouble if we don't remember where we came from and who we truly are. If if we don't consider our identity apart from God, do we know who we are apart from God? We are sinful. We are corrupted. We are ashamed. Matter of fact, I I don't like to think about choices I made when I was younger. Even going back to my young, young years, I don't like some of the things I've done. I would be absolutely ashamed to tell you some of the things that I've done or I thought or I, I was a part of. Because it was sinfulness. It was action that was absolutely contrary to God. And I deserve his judgment, no, I don't just deserve his judgment, I deserve his punishment for my sinfulness. I, I, and we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same place. We, we don't want to create a time that, hey, everybody, we're going to take an opportunity this morning, who would be encouraged to do this? I want you all to come up and tell us who you were in great detail before you met God or before you came in Christ and came into relationship with God. Go ahead, who wants to be first? It's hard enough to raise your hand for anything, but I, yeah, that one, I, I can't see anybody wanting to to just come up. In part, it would be good to say, man, I, I want to let you know who I truly am. W- why? Because it goes to the praise of God. Does that make sense? I want to tell you who I truly am. I'm a liar and I'm a cheat. I, I met a, uh, uh, actually, my cousin's wife, and we hadn't seen each other in years, and she was surprised I was a preacher, said, man, I remember playing Uno with you and you cheated. I said, yep, <laughs> I cheated. I was terrible. At that. I'd love to win and I did anything to to, to win. I, yeah, that, that's yeah. you had me down. Yeah, I'm preaching now. Praise God, it's because of his grace and salvation. Oh man, isn't that our story though? We, we don't want to forget who we are. The, the one significant thing he begins with is, hey, children, you, you have rec- received a forgiveness on account of his name. Do you know who his name is? Who is that referring to? Who is that? Jesus. I think I hear it. You guys got to get more bold. Just shout it out. Hey, it's Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I think you know. Yeah, and and John, John, I believe the readers are, ex- are, are in tune with that. They know who it is. That, that through him we have received his forgiveness because he's the one that went to the cross. That, that was nailed to the cross on my benefit. And, and this wonderful term, children, to be identified as I am God's child is 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 wonderful that's it's a wonderful place to be Uh, matter of fact in romans chapter 8 verse 15 matter of fact verse 14 he said hey listen if you're a child of god the spirit indwells you then in 15 he says the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship that word adoption is a sweet sweet word it is it's where at one time I didn't belong, I didn't have your name, I didn't have your identity. Now I guess what I am your son, I am your daughter, I belong to you through adoption of what Jesus has done, and by Him. Eight fifteen continues on, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. I oh mean, it, it is that it is that cry of a child for their father, or they're they're excited. Uh, I, I think Nicole. Uh, Brady's wife was talking about the time she loves is when Brady comes home f- from, from work or something like that, and she just loves to watch her children light up. They're excited because Daddy's home, and, and it's just lit up, and, and, and that kind of reminds me of, of how we ought to be around God, you know, that, that excitement that we are able to call Him in that, that endearing term, Abba, Father. It's through his forgiveness we've reached this point. God, uh, the next party, he, he actually refers to the fathers. But also in verse 14, he goes to the same place, says the same thing over to the children. And that is that God's children live in relationship with him. And and it says that we know him. Verse 12, fathers, uh, I am writing to you, I am writing to you because you know him who is from the beginning. And to the children in verse 14, he says, I... I I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. We actually brought this up earlier in chapter 2 because it's, hey, you know that we have come to know the Father. And we talked a little bit about the the significance behind that. Uh, It it is referring to the Father. It is referring to to coming into that relationship uh, with God, of knowing Him and and, and growing in, in that significant relationship. It is, it is a, a perfect tense. It not, not just past, well, we came to know him. It is we came to know him and we are in this place of a continued relationship that is growing and is going to continue on. It's not one that we just, oh, we know God, now we're all okay. It is describing a relationship we have with him. But, but since we're talking about John, here's some things that John has emphasized in not only in this letter, but also in, in his gospel in the very beginning. This, this is not just referring to God. I believe because it is John, it's referring to Jesus. And when it says to fathers, uh, because you know him who was from the beginning. Now it could still refer to God. But the emphasis at who was from the beginning Uh, It's believed under the circumstances, John again is writing this letter because there are some, matter of fact, later in chapter two, that identified they're leaving the church. They're leaving because of a heresy, uh, uh, anti Christ uh, teaching type teaching is being uh, presented. When I say anti Christ, I mean they're teaching things that, oh, that remove Jesus from his divinity. That he no longer is a part of of that uh, connected with God or or with the Holy Spirit. That that, here's what we believe we believe that when Jesus came into this world, he is absolutely God, absolutely man. And and, and I got to tell you, that is so important for us to embrace. John makes it very clear in the beginning. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And, and that's speaking of Jesus. Now, for, for John, he was making it very clear to the church. Because there was some teaching going on. Say, well, hey, here's a possibility. Well, Jesus is this man who, who then Christ, who came as a spirit... You know, so there was there was, there was this man, and, and they were actually separate, not not the same. Or uh, even in today's teaching, uh, the Word of Faith movement, which we, oh, man it is it is absolutely important. You be careful who you're listening to. Uh, one of the, one of the teachings that is really arising and coming out is 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 they they believe that well, Jesus was born fully man. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him after his baptism, then he took on God. He, he was just like you and I. He was just like you and I, which is absolutely false. You see, we believe in a Savior who, who God came down into this world, even being born uh, into a woman, a virgin birth into a woman. And, and then when he hung upon the cross, that's God. Upon the cross, who died for our sinfulness, we've got to be careful of anyone who begins to stray away from the gospel we have away from the word and 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 uh, flee from it, run from it you know be, be very careful with anyone who would who would deal with that john's i think John that's why he points out he said those uh, the one we've known from the beginning we've known him, we've known him uh, Jesus is the significance in this love relationship we have with God. Jesus is the one that God sent. In John chapter fourteen, verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man could come to me except, or can come to the Father except through me. Only through Jesus. Only through Jesus. We want to emphasize that. Pound it. Repeat it. Have it in our minds because it's only through Jesus that we have come to that place of of forgiveness and we come into that place of relationship with God. Amen. Amen. It is through Jesus that we've received what we have. On, he he speaks to young men. God's children have overcome the evil one. It says here in, 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 in that final verse, he says, I write to you young men. It's, it's referring to young men. Now, I do think about young people, that, and it, it begins by saying, uh, you are strong because you are strong. And I think about those days when I was strong. I remember enjoying basketball. I'd play, I'd play game after game after game of, of basketball and, and, and actually feel good for doing it. Physically, I'd feel good for doing it. But I remember the time, I think maybe I was creeping into my 40s, that that we'd go play basketball in Topeka, and my wife told me I needed to either stop or stop moaning and groaning afterwards. You know, the joints were hurting, the muscles were hurting. Uh, There was was that transition from, okay, I'm no longer the young man, I'm getting into the old man stage. But when you're young, man, there is that, is that, that physical strength that's there, but I... John makes it pretty clear that where the strength comes from is not from us physically. When it says that we're strong, listen to what he says. Uh, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you. We know his word is powerful. We know his word is, 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 is powerful. And matter of fact, it says his, the word of God lives in you. It's not dead in you. It not non-existent in you. It, it, it is living in you. I think that, that means thriving. Even you know, to, to re- remember what uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, that the word of God is living and active. And oh man, is it busy working here inside of me. And, and obviously being a strength to me for what? For the things of this world. For the things of this world. Because it goes on to say, and you have overcome the evil one. What have you used your strength for? To overcome the evil one. It's significant to look, this word overcome is also in the perfect tense. It's also in the meaning it's not just something that happened way back when, or or we know of it that happened here, but it's something that's ongoing. Uh, It it happened a long time ago. Uh, The corruption of this world, the sinfulness of this world goes on, but Satan has already been defeated. Uh, Scripture is really clear. Paul deals with that in more than one place. But in Colossians chapter 2, uh, thinking about verse 14, it, in, in that verse he says that God has taken away our guilt, or, or specifically the word that's laid out, God has taken away our legal indebtedness, something we have to pay. He, he took it away by nailing it to the cross. The, the, the debt that I owe, because of my sinfulness has been nailed to the cross. The verse 15, he says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Here's what God did through Jesus. He's taken our debt of sinfulness and, and had it nailed to the cross. Jesus poured out his blood on our behalf. What, what he has done is he has taken Satan's leverage away from him. He's, he's taken the leverage that Satan had because, hey, we, we are dead in our sinfulness, condemned, deserving God's punishment. That's, that's who we were. That's who we were. But through Christ, that, has, that, that uh, indebtedness has been covered through the blood of Jesus Christ for those who embrace Jesus as their Savior, who receive Jesus as their Savior. And receive that forgiveness as salvation. So he said we've become overcomers. We've become overcomers. Listen, listen to these three areas. Uh, or I, sh- I should say this. That, that not only is that some act that's happened. It is something that continues to work in you and I today. It, it, it's not just about something that happened. It is an ongoing work in our lives. We're, we are overcomers when it comes to the evil one. When it comes to Satan and his tactics and his deceitfulness, we're overcomers. So, so John, in writing to Israel, let's review this. John, in writing to those who are reading this letter, he says, you're forgiven. Uh, you are in relationship with God. I mean, even to the point of saying, Abba, Father. We, we belong. I mean, there's that relationship that's gone. And you are overcomers. Uh, overcomers when it comes to the evil evil one. He has he has no strength over you. He has, he has nothing uh, to hold against you. He has, he has no, no leverage on you. That's, that's where he comes to. And then this last, he lays out all that's been given. And, and I, I think it's really important that we tagged on these final uh, few verses From 15 to 17. Then he goes into kind of a warning. That basically, basically in this he says, God's children do not love the world. We don't love the world. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? He lays out all the good stuff. uh, And and it really is simple because we continue to live in this world. (laughs) We continue to live in a world that is absolutely messed up. Absolutely. When I say messed up, I mean sinful and, and as John describes it, is dark. The world around us is dark. Uh, un, unable to see God, rejects God, and, and indulges itself in things. Now, now, when it says not to love the world, I want to be clear, it's, it's not the world that God created. We, in our loving God, we could definitely be in appreciation for what God gives. Uh, I, I love creation. I love the beauty of it. The, the stars at night... And, and if we just hold it in our breath to say, God, I praise you for the beauty uh, of your creation. Or in the morning if it comes out. Uh, when, when we sit down to a meal, absolutely a part of love uh, for for our God is the one who has that appreciative heart. God, we thank you for providing. We thank you for providing. Or Or in relationships, whatever it is. A heart that loves God is going to have those words of thanks. But where we're not supposed to focus our love is upon a world or anything in this world. Because it is a place where sinfulness thrives. We, we weren't taken out of the world when we came into Christ. Uh, we've been changed. We've been transformed, as the Scripture says. But we continue to live in the very world that appeals to our appetites. Let's, let's face it. Let, let's face it. In our sinfulness, in the brokenness I talked about earlier, that's what we know. That's what we know. That's what we're familiar with. Matter of fact, we live our lives by saying, as it says here, it is, you know, from the world, what do we learn? Well, it's the lust of the flesh, it's the lust of the eyes, and it's the pride of life. Those are just to be honest. I mean, as as people, we know those are the things appealing to us. Uh, to to say, what's the lust of the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes? It's not just sexual sin. It's it's greed. It's 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 everything. It really is everything. It, it to put it easiest, what is it? I want. Are you familiar with that? I want. I desire. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to get it. And, and my wants and my desires is everything that the world, and, and I get, oh, man, I want it so bad. I'm so thirsty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strive. You know, we might get it in, 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 in you know, maybe worldly means is, is good, or we might just go out and steal it. Whatever we need to get and to, and to be satisfied with this stuff, I'm going to pursue it. And then that pride of life Basically goes back to, to Genesis chapter 1. What was it that Satan tempted Eve with except, hey, you could be just like God. See, we want, we want to be in control. We want to, to be in control and, and to, to be able to have our say and do what we want and go where we want to go and, and just live life as we, we want to get it in all its fullness. And that has everything to do with love in the world. That has everything to do with loving the world, and we're and, and well we're familiar with it. The difficulty, why John would have to come up and, and say that is, man, because the life we've been given, this love that we're going to dwell in, is not about sa- seeking to satisfy all my wants and all my desires. It's, that's not my life now. My life is about loving him. My, my life is to focus upon loving God, appreciating what he's given, and, and actually following through what he calls us to do. Living for him. You want to talk about a different purpose in life, it's laid out there. We're going to have a, a, a new series. Uh, I'll just introduce it now. A new series uh, called Search. Is that right, Eric? Search? Something like that? Oh, anyway, uh, it's going to be out of the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And if you want to go ahead and start reading it, I encourage you to read it. It it has a lot to do with what we're talking about right here. The fact that God created and what is it, you know, what significance, you know, uh, that that we have to look forward to in life. You know, what is it that we could really pursue that's going to make a difference? So so keep that in mind. Pray that up. Uh, We are learning to be defined by God. That's who we are. And, and, and you know what's wonderful is that grace for people who continue to live in this world and we know what home is, we know what's comfortable the, the, to try to satisfy our desires, but we have an opportunity through His wonderful grace to be His children and, and to grow into loving Him and, and to pursue loving Him. And learn, man, if we fail, if we disobey Him, Man, that forgiveness, it, it doesn't disconnect us. We live in His grace. And, and I, could, I could grow in that, can't you? I could grow in His grace and His mercy. In my failures, and to know that, that I still belong to Him, and, and it, you know I, I still have that opportunity to repent and still have that blood of Jesus covering me. But our pursuit and our call Uh, is absolutely to love the one who sent his son to die for us, that we might be able to live and dwell in his love. That we might be able to live and dwell in his love. To be able to share it. To be God in this world. To reflect him. uh, To imitate Jesus in this world. To love one another. And that people are able to see God working in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's what he's called us to. Now, the difficulty in that is, is combining the two, right? You, can, we, can we see? And let's, let's just be honest with you. It is so easy maybe to slide and try to combine the two. Hey, I'll do God on Sundays, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'll just do what I want. <laughs> that's easy. That is the easy slide, but that's, I, I think that's one reason why we ought to look at John and say, no, it's not about just loving God on a particular day. It's about loving God all the time. It's about patterning my, my life and my direction about loving God. How I look at other people is according to how I love God. How, how I, I, I uh, uh, act on my life or how I deal with situations, how, where I move, what work I do. It's all about how I love God. Bottom line. So, in this he makes it very clear. We're not to love the world. And, and, and there is no fellowship together with loving the world and loving God. Man, if we're trying to do that, you are absolutely in love with the world and, and not with God. You're absolutely in love with the world. If you're trying to do both, you're absolutely in love with the world. So... John would say, stop it. (laughs) He'd say, stop it. It is our desire, our pursuit to love God and and, and all his perfection in his goodness and how good he's been to us. All right, let me review. Uh, Hey, listen, we're a people who who have received forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Uh, I, I heard a guy say yesterday, who should we be afraid of? Our fear should be of God. If we don't have forgiveness, our fear is of God. Satan, I, what's his place? I, I mean, we were, he, he was perfectly comfortable with the direction we were going before we met Jesus. You know, all about our selfishness. And he, he's, he's not doing a whole lot until we, we come into that place of, of loving and pursuing God. Then he's a deceiver. He wants you to think that you're a failure. He wants, to, he, he wants you to think that, man, you could do both. He, he wants to deceive you in all kinds of things. But we live in his forgiveness. We're children who then live in that relationship with God. A continuous, ongoing relationship with God. And we are overcomers. We are overcomers. Jesus overcame the sinfulness, the brokenness, and we have that opportunity with Christ working in us, living in us, existing together. I, I believe in that That. Two will become one is a part of us in Christ. I believe that's the same thing. As we we hear in a marriage relationship, we are married to Jesus. And we are overcomers through Christ and His blood. We're God's children. We're not to love this world. But we have this great opportunity to love God and pursue that perfect love of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you, we thank you. Lord, for Jesus, especially this morning, to, to listen to John and know that, that his focus is to, to, to have everybody to look at a correct perspective of Jesus. Lord, we know that he is your son, came into this world fully God, fully man, who, who came and, and was so obedient in, in following your word. Even to the point of that obedience upon the cross that paid our debt, we praise you, Lord, for His death. We praise you, Lord, for His resurrection. Lord, we praise you that He lives today and is representing us at your at your right hand, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the message we have. We thank you for the place that He has brought us and how how we are defined by Your love. We're we're a people who who Lord want to respond in loving you well and and so we ask lord help us help us to 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 look at our lives help us to examine ourselves lord are we uh, investing more into this world and into our own desires are we investing in your kingdom and to the one who 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 uh went to the cross on our behalf are we loving jesus uh father help us to ask those questions of ourselves and and, and lord to be honest with ourselves. May your spirit convict our hearts if we are uh, going in the wrong direction, that we might repent and return to what you brought us to. Help us, Lord, to live in your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.